0: Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this special episode, I'll be breaking down all the NBA trades at the trade deadline. So it actually started on February 4th, so we'll do them all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is going to be a special episode. This is going to be the trade deadline deals, all the deals that went down the pike. Actually, I'm going to start with a couple of moves that I addressed already in the week 16 breakdown. Oh, well, not breakdown, but review for the week. So let's get into it. So two, I'll be reviewing over and then I'll give you the rest. So. Let's start with what happened on Friday, February 4th where we saw the LA Clippers acquire Norman Powell, the kind of wing player there, as well as Robert Covington. Uh, They got them in a trade with Portland and then Portland in return they got back. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, uh, rookie guard, Keon Johnson. And they also got a 2025 future second round pick. And that's um, a pick they got from Detroit. So in this deal for the Clippers, it's about making the playoffs. They want to make that playoff push. Um, the word is that don't, I doubt if we see Kawhi this year, um, you know, he got the surgery on his knee. So, um, I doubt if we see him and then we're still waiting for word on, um, Paul George with the elbow. So, uh, yeah. So they want to just cover themselves. They add a scoring wing in Powell, who was, you know. He was doing his thing over there in Portland, but, you know, Portland right now is really doing well, to be honest. So, uh, he goes to a team that has a shot at the playoffs. Maybe they can get into that sixth seed. um, In the the West, Uh, they're still battling amongst Memphis, Denver, and some other squads. So, they're trying to, you know, Get that uh, momentum to go into the playoffs. So uh, that's what Clippers are trying to do right now. So in getting a guy like Powell. And then getting a guy like Covington. Who's pretty much a Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of everything. uh, Especially defend. So uh, definitely boisters the front court over there. So I think it's a good trade for the Clippers. And in terms of Portland. It's pretty much about. Adding foundational pieces pieces for the future. Um, not sure what the future of Dame Lillard will look like over there, but you know they're adding young pieces to support the coach uh, Chauncey Billups over there. I think Keon Johnson is a nice pickup. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, he's pretty much a guy who's you know seems like he's bounced around a lot as of late. So don't be surprised if possibly they buy him out. You already got Anthony Simmons running the point over there, so uh, perhaps you could stick him next to a Simmons, and you know he kind of learns from Bledsoe. You could do that. Uh, Justice Winslow, not sure what you have in him, but you know you get a front court player back. The fact that you traded Covington in the deal, at least you get a guy. You know he's not in Covington's class, but at least he kind of fills that role. And then Keon Johnson, he's a guy who, you know, he's a rookie. You know, give him a year, give him this year and then next year with a summer summer camp and preseason, see what you got in him, but you know, he he um he's a piece that they can build for the future over there. So uh yeah, so, you know, I don't think it was a lose, a losing deal for Portland, but uh, I think their eyes are towards the future. So, so that's the deal with that. Next deal I'll talk about, that took place uh, on Sunday, February 6th. And that was a deal where uh, Indiana sent Karis Levert to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, along with a 2022 second-round pick that's uh, Kane courtesy Miami. And in the deal, Indiana gets back in return. Ricky Rubio and his expiring contract, a lottery-protected 2022 first-round pick, and then also two second-rounders for 2022. Uh, one via Houston and then 2027 second round pick that comes uh, via Utah. So on the Cleveland side, Lavert gives them what they desperately need, a scoring wing player. Uh, you know, you have a guy like Isaac Okoro, who's really more of a defender type. He's not one who can go out there and drop you 20 points a game. So um uh, Karis lavert fills a desperate need for them especially since colin sexton went down so uh yeah so he'll be a perfect addition uh playing right next to a darius garland so uh i think it's an excellent pickup caris lavert he's had his share of injury and health issues but uh he seems to be on the other side of that so uh so, you know, I'm pretty much rooting for the kid. I hope he does well over there. Uh, a nice, manageable contract. So, you know, it doesn't hamstring you too much. And then on the Pacers side, you get that expiring contract of Rubio's. This way, this can give you kind of room to perhaps uh, re sign a uh, Miles Turner in the future. Uh, so, um, definitely, uh, something you may be looking to do. And also those, uh, those, uh, you get draft capital on top of that. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 think that's a win-win there for, uh, both teams in that regard. So, so let us move on, uh, to Monday. No, th- it happened on Tuesday. Tuesday is when the action really started to heat up as we started approaching the trade deadline. So we saw Portland once again uh, involved in in trade uh, in some trades here. Portland's finally uh, trades. CJ McCollum trades him along with Larry Nance Jr. as well as Tony Snell. Uh, they get sent to the New Orleans Pelicans in ex- exchange for uh, Josh Hart, also Tomas Sadaransky, uh Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and also D.D. Loisel. Luzada, I'm sorry. So um, Now, in this deal for the Pelicans... They get a themselves a solid guard to go along with the guys up front that they have, the guys like Zion Williamson, although we haven't seen him yet this year. Um Brandon Ingram, uh Giannis Falasunas. Uh so uh you get a guard who can, you know, fill it up in that regard. So um start him along next to Devontae Graham. You got uh, you know. A pretty solid backcourt in that regard. So, um, yeah, so, and they're still me- meandering around the playing game. So, in fact, they have the last playing spot. So, um, yeah, so getting a guy like McCollum can kind of give you that push to stay in the playing game area. I doubt if you can rise any higher than that. So, um, yeah, so you know, in that regard, it's a it's a good pickup. Um, McCollum's getting a t- lot of money; he's hitting a lot of money. So there's that. So um, and also, uh, unfortunate news for Larry Nance; he's going to have knee surgery, so he'll be out at least six weeks. So they'll be they'll have six weeks without his service there, uh, which is. Uh, Kind of a little blow there, but uh, hopefully he can come back from that knee surgery and contribute. So, uh, yeah, so all in all, uh, not too bad for the Pelicans, you know, it's a gamble, it definitely is a gamble. But, um, CJ McCullum is a guy who, can, you know, a pretty solid guard in this league, N- not an all star type, but just a tier under, so uh. You know, that's a good pickup in that regard. For Portland, it's just a matter of acquiring pieces. Um, just acquiring pieces. Uh, Josh Hart is a guy. He's a solid enough pro. Um, don't know what you got at Luzada. Um, and then the other two pieces gets flipped later. We'll talk about that later. So, um, they get flipped in another deal, which I'll talk about later. So, um so, all in all, it may, may seem like it's not all that great for Portland. So, um, yeah, but I think they just needed to move CJ um, finally. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. All right. So, in other news on that Tuesday, and kind of a shocker, <laughs> uh Sacramento uh, trades Tyrese Hollyburton, Buddy Heal, and Tristan Thompson to the Indiana Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justice Holiday, and a 2027 second round pick. Um, for Sacramento, this gives them a scoring presence inside, as well as a depth passer out of the post and Sabonis uh former all-star as well. Uh, yeah, so, so solid move for Sacramento, that's for sure. Uh on the Indiana side, you pretty much uh have a uh you, so, you solidified your uh backcourt for the future with a uh Tyrese Hollyburton as well as a uh Chris Uh, Duarte, so yeah, that's a pretty solid uh, backcourt there, that's for sure, so um, and also you get some deep shooting and and Buddy Heal so uh, yeah, so this is a pretty good deal well, it's a pretty fine deal for the Pacers to be honest, so but again, this was a stunner, this came pretty much out of nowhere I mean, the prevailing thought was that De'Aaron Fox would be the guy who's on the move. So the fact that it ended up being uh, Tyrese Hollyburton, GMs around the league are kicking themselves because they had no idea, you know, he was on the market. So, which goes to the old saying, you know, um, that, you know, no one is untouchable. So the, the thought was the way he was playing, you know, Especially in the absence of De'Aaron Fox, who was down with a uh, ankle injury, I believe uh, that you know he was pretty much going to be the future point guard there, and that De'Aaron Fox and his big contract would go, but that was not was not the case. So, uh, yeah. So, hmm. <sighs> so <laughs> it's just uh, amazing how these things go down. And then this trade pretty much solidifies what i mentioned earlier about uh, miles turner uh his future there so um he still has two years left on his 36 th- two years at 36 million dollars so to you know if he were to get an extension there uh you'll be able to do so so uh yes yeah, so so pretty much this was kind of the stunner There'll be a few other stunners as we go along, but um, this, I think, was the biggest stunner to me. So, moving on to Wednesday. Wednesday, some more uh, trade action taking place. So, uh, there was a three-way deal. Uh, Utah ends up dealing Joel Ingles as well as Elijah Hughes. Uh, they, they end up in Portland, um, the Pelicans end up, not the Pelicans, but, uh, Portland ends up trading Nikhil Alexander Walker to Utah and Tom Satoransky goes to the Spurs and then the Spurs, they deal, uh, her Juancho Hernan Gomez and he ends up in Utah. So kind of a... And in all, this is how it ends up. Utah has Nikhil Alexander-Walker now, as well as Juancho Hernan Gomez, San Antonio Spurs. They get Tomas Sadoranski. And then Portland ends up with swingman Joe Ingles, as well as forward Elijah Hughes. So for Utah, they add some young bench depth. And some possible foundational players. Nikhil Alexander Walker. There was a lot of promise for him coming into the season. He uh, didn't really fulfill it over there with the Pelicans. I thought he would break out this season. But that wasn't the case. So perhaps a change of scenery can help this young man. He's going to a Utah system. Very disciplined over there. So uh, he gets to learn that system. And possibly... uh, Blossom over there, and this kind of gives you some insurance just in case uh, Donovan Mitchell goes elsewhere. So, um, so I think I think that's a smart move there. And Juancho Hernan Gomez gives you a body up front um, as far as the forwards go. So, uh, and he's one a young player as well who can learn that system over there for San Antonio Spurs. They get a super, suitable backup to the Jonte Murray and Saderanski. He's a guy who can spell him and spell, um, be pretty adept at that. So, uh, so I think that's a good move there. And then for Portland, now Joe Ingles went down with the knee injury, so he's out for the year. So, um, so what happens to him? Because this is the last year on his thirteen million dollar deal. So. You know, it could be a case where Portland decides to use that money elsewhere. Um, and then Elijah Hughes, a young young forward, uh, maybe he can be a p- foundational piece in the long run. So all in all, this gives Portland cap flexibility for the future. So, So let us move on to Thursday. Thursday, when all the deals started happening, so uh, we'll start with uh, a four-team deal. So um, I'll tell you once the dust settles, Milwaukee's involved in this deal as well as Sacramento, Detroit, and the LA Clippers. So this is how it shakes out, guys. Milwaukee ends up with uh, with a big in Serge Ibaka. Sacramento ends up with Dante DiVincenzo and also Josh Jackson they end up with from um DiVincenzo from the Milwaukee Bucks. Jackson from Detroit. Detroit gets Marvin Bagley the third from Sacramento. And then the LA Clippers get uh semi Aduale and also Rodney Hood they get. So uh for Miami they get much needed a much needed big and a big with championship experience. So excellent deal for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um definitely someone they can uh definitely put into to their rotation. Uh Bobby Portis has been playing yeoman's work, uh playing the center position while Robin Lopez, who hasn't played since that first game, and uh, there's no real details as to when and if he comes back, so um, so they and that's a big help for them going down the stretch. So for Sacramento, they get some guard depth in Dante and Josh Jackson, so um. So more, <laughs> more guards for them over there. It's not like they have enough already, even with the Holly Burton heel trade. So for Portland, they get a former top three pick in the draft who probably can use a change of scenery. So hopefully that could help him. Uh, Bagley, the third, who uh, he has all the talent in the world. He just hasn't been able to put it together. So. Perhaps with Detroit, he can do just that. And then for the Clippers, they just pretty much some warm bodies for the bench, uh, pretty much. Both are on one expiring deals, so that can definitely help for the future for them as well. So, so then we have the San Antonio Spurs uh, dealing Thaddeus Young. Drew Eubanks uh, in a 2022 second-round pick via via, uh, Detroit Pistons, and they get back Goran Dragic and his expiring contract, a 2021 lottery-protected first-round pick. So the way the protection breaks down is it's protected from 1 to 14 for 2022, and then if uh, if they end up within that bracket, so for t- 2023, it's within one pick number one and 13. And if they're within that, then it becomes two second rounders in the future. So uh, so in any event, for the San Antonio Spurs, they already said they're going to waive Goran of uh, thus making him a free agent. So so they'll get that money on their books, um, which will help them in the offseason. And also they get draft capital with the uh, first rounder. That's lottery protected nonetheless. And then for Toronto, they could end up waving Thaddeus Young. And they got a little bit of draft capital. They already waived Drew... Uh, Drew Eubanks, so it's possible they could waive Thaddeus Young, too. So um, keep an eye out for that, guys. So, All right, so we already held off. Let's talk about the big blockbuster guys. Um, uh, Philly did it. They pulled it off. They ended up dealing Ben Simmons. Uh, Guys, you know the saga. He's been out since... Uh, the beginning of the season all stemming from their playoff loss against the Atlanta Hawks where the coach had (laughs) not glowing things to say about him as well as his teammate Joel Embiid so he has sat out this whole time Uh, but the GM was staunching in saying that in order for us to move him, we must get a superstar player back in return. Uh, Daryl Morey said it time and time again. People in the media kind of, uh, you know, lambasted him for that, but he held his guns. He said that's what he was going to do. So, um, so he ends up getting the superstar he wanted in Brooklyn Nets uh, James Harden. So, here's how the deal shakes out, guys. Philly gets James Harden, um, and they also, uh, who by the way, has this year, and then he could opt, he could do a player opt out at the end of the season, uh, and then get that super max, and then also you got Paul Millsap in the deal as well as filler for the uh, salaries that are going back and forth. Brooklyn Nets get Ben Simmons. They get Seth Curry. They get uh, Andre Drummond. They get a unprotected 2022 first round pick, and then a 2027 protected protected first round pick. So, um, again, the obvious blockbuster deal of the deadline. And the rumblings have been, been taking place for a few weeks now. So, um, bottom line, Harden wanted out. He wanted out for some time now. Um, Steve Nash kept refuting the, the possibility of Harden being traded. But uh, it seemed like the handwriting was on the wall, guys. Uh, Harden wasn't happy with the fact, I mean... Injuries happen. What you know, injuries do happen, so KD going down. That's just the nature of the game. Um But the situation with Kyrie is proved to be too much for him. Um Kyrie Irving, we all know he refused to get vaccinated. Uh it's it seems like we beat this horse to death, but uh and I always say A guy who thinks the earth is flat is not going to get vaccinated. That's just the way it goes. He's too much into conspiracy theory, but that's a story for another day. Anyway, so you have that. So he's not vaccinated. So he decides to sit out. Then the team two months later says, "Okay, you can come back because initially they said no because it'll mess up the chemistry then they changed their mind two months later say oh you can come back um basically because they saw the handwriting on the wall milwaukee was getting better philly's getting better even without simmons they were getting better uh you saw what chicago was doing what miami's doing so brooklyn had to you know pretty much go against their principles and bring back Kyrie. so he can only play road games, so which limits him in that regard. Uh, and then you got to hope, you know, between because he has a rich injury history as well. So you got to hope he's available when those road games come. So, um, yeah, so I think all of that was probably a bit much for Harden. Um, you know, you want guys that's going to be readily available. Um, some people say he kind of quit on the team. Um, uh, I'm not going to go there, but is obviously he's had enough of what was going on there. So, so he gets his wish. He goes to Philadelphia where GM Mori him, him and the GM has a good relationship there. Uh, I have no reservations that he's going to ball out over there. He just has to fit into what with what they're doing over there with uh, Doc Rivers. So, uh, so that remains to be seen. So I think that's a much easier fix than what Brooklyn has to face right now. Um, Brooklyn is getting a ball distributor and a tough defender in Simmons. My only question is simple. And, you know, a lot of people are declaring that Brooklyn won this deal and so forth. Uh, on paper of course it it looks that way uh, my biggest takeaway from this is what Ben Simmons are you going to get I understand I get it he's been in therapy you know his mental state of mind hasn't been the greatest uh, that's fine but you don't know what what Ben Simmons are you going to get are you going to get a guy that's committed to basketball who's, um, who's going to do the things necessary to take this team to the next level? I think this year is probably kind of a wash. I don't see championship aspirations this year. I don't. Um, even if, let's say, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, were to lift the ban and you get Kyrie back full time. I still say chances are they're I get it, KD is a once-in-a-lifetime talent, but I think still they're gonna have some problems chemistry-wise uh in the playoffs. So um so there's that. You get more outside shooting with Seth Curry, which is uh, you know, which kind of nullifies uh Patty Mills, but you know, Having two uh, three-point shooters is never a bad thing, so uh, so you're good in that regard. And you get a much-needed quality big in Andre Drummond. You tried Nick Claxton there, the young kid there. You tried uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who's long in the tooth, but still productive, so this kind of gives you room here to kind of slide him Between the center and the forward, the power forward position, which I think is my probably more suitable for him than anything else, and then of course you still have uh, Blake um, Griffin over there as well. So, um, so I say it's it's a trade that's on paper looks like Brooklyn wins, but I'm going to call it a wash. To be honest, I'm going to call it a wash. So, and then on top of it. Brooklyn gets to kind of recoup some of the draft capital that it lost in the initial Harden trade. So, um, but very, uh, very, uh, big one, big trade nonetheless. So, uh, you know, the Stephen A's of the world is saying it's the worst day of Daryl Morris, uh, you know, career or what have you. I would, I wouldn't go that far, but, um, yeah, but. Daryl Murray is rolling the dice on this one. So um, I think we won't be able to assess this until maybe uh, until James Harden signs that Supermax. Then then we can assess it from there. So all right. So that's the big trade that was on tap. A few more trades here. We have Boston uh, trading out. Josh Richardson, the wing player there, uh, Romeo Langford, as well as a uh, 2022 top four protected first round pick going to San Antonio in exchange for guard Derek White. So, uh, so Boston gets them uh, Derek White. They get a guy who can play even guard position. He's a combo type guard, so uh, definitely something that Boston could definitely use. Um, a guy who can swing over if you lose uh, if you lose a Marcus Smart. So he's a guy who can run the point as well. So um, I say it's a pretty good pickup for them. And then Boston too, they have designs on. Going kind of uh you know, making their mark in the playoffs. They're about a half game out of the six spot right now. So, um, yes. Yeah, so this is definitely I think I think this is a good deal for Boston. Um, as far as San Antonio goes, you get a young piece in a Langford. You get a versatile vet in Josh Richardson. And also you get some valuable draft capital because uh, I doubt if Boston is within the top four. So you're going to get a uh, what seems to be a, probably a mid-round draft pick. So uh, depending on what type of draft this is coming up, uh, still valuable nonetheless. So um, definitely a feather in the cap for San Antonio Spurs. Moving on. Uh, the Phoenix Suns reacquire Tory Craig in a trade. Uh, they uh, trade with the Indiana Pacers. Boy, they've been busy. <laughs> um, and the Pacers get in return uh, forward Jalen Smith and a future second round pick. So for the Phoenix Suns, they get an old familiar player who knows the system over there. And then for indiana they get a young big he's only 21 years old guys so um he could be a foundational piece over there um you already got some young bigs over there as well and isaiah jackson you got there so along with miles uh, well the veteran miles turner so you got a few bigs over there so uh this gives them some flexibility flexibility that's for sure so so, moving on. The Charlotte Hornets, they make a trade with the Washington Wizards. Charlotte gets uh a center forward, uh Montrez Harrell. They get them. They get him for their team and then they send to Washington uh guard Ish Smith and also uh, young center Vernon Carey Jr. So, and for Charlotte, they get themselves a quality big that, that can score and he can get in there and rebound and harrow And then for Washington, they get a backup point guard who they know very well, Ish Smith. He's been with the Wizards before. And then they get a young big that they can develop over there. Um, they got a few of them over there already, and Daniel Galford and Thomas Bryant. He's coming back from his knee injury, so uh, another young big over there. So, um, and Washington's not done yet. So, anyhow, let's move on to the only two more trades we talk about, and this one was a surprising one, guys. Um, Dallas Mavericks. Finally, deals Christophe Porzingis, uh, deals him to Washington in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, forward Davis Bertans. Uh, this was a stu- this was a bit of a shocker. This kind of flew under the radar because remember, early in this early in the season, they were talking about the rift that was well, kind of in the off season too. Rift between Luka Doncic and Porzingis. How uh, Porzingis camp is jealous of uh, this and that. So, anyhow, so they kind of let it play out, play out, but uh, they end up at the deadline dealing Porzingis. For Washington, they're getting a dynamic big who can stretch the floor, but is very injury prone. So, um, uh, yeah, so Washington definitely taking a risk here. And for Dallas, they get another depth ball handler in Dinwiddie. Um, not sure how this affects a guy like uh, Jalen Brunson, but we'll see. But um, could be insurance in case they lose Brunson, though. So, yeah. Um, so, that's a good deal in that regard. And then you get a stretch four to kind of replace KP and uh, Bertant. So, uh, but nonetheless, this was a, sh- uh, a shocking deal um, because um, Dallas, you know, Dallas, in fact, is, you know, playing pretty good. They're in the fifth seed now. So, um, for them to make that move uh, was kind of a shocker. But, um Hey, maybe they know something over there I don't. So, um, but, um, yes, but shocking nonetheless. And then the last deal we'll talk about is Daniel Theis. He leaves Houston and goes back to Boston. And then Houston in return gets Dennis Schroeder as well as Enos Cantor. He calls himself Enos Freedom these days. And then Bruno Fernando. So, uh, for Boston they get a solid some solid big depth and a, a guy they're well familiar with in Boston and Thice while Houston they get uh some contracts there that they're not don't have to be tied to uh in fact Enis Enis cantor has already been waived and uh word is that uh Dennis Schroeder will be next to be waived so. Uh, so that's money coming off the books for them to use in the off season. So, uh, so guys, that's all the trades that went down. Um, I say it was one of the more exciting trade deadlines we've seen in a while. So, especially with the big blockbuster, that was, um, that was well welcomed and gave, you know, uh, a lot of the pundits enough to talk about as is. But uh, yeah, very exciting trade deadline in terms of the Lakers and the Knicks Lakers. It was thought that um, they had some deals that were on the table, but supposedly the deal breaker was um, the fact that they didn't want to deal that 2027 first round pick. They didn't want to do it. They know LeBron will be long gone. We Don't know what AD will be by then, so they want to, you know, risk putting that pick out there. So um, there was word that they wanted to deal Talon, Horton, Tucker. They had a few places they wanted to send him, but that never came to fruition. And then in terms of Russell Westbrook, um, there was a a rumor. Well, uh, Bobby Marks from ESPN was kind of uh, touting this trade of. Westbrook to the Knicks for uh, possibly a Kimball Walker, Evan Fournier, and possibly a Derrick Derek, uh, Rose, or replace him with Alex, Alec Burks. Um, I know a lot of Knicks fans would, wouldn't be excited about that type of trade. I kind of would because... And this is the only reason why. I understand the money's big money. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But the fact that Westbrook needs to change the scenery, that's first and foremost. And then second, um, you would give a kid like Deuce McBride an apprenticeship under a guy who plays very hard. He goes at it as hard as anybody. And he'll come here with the understanding that, look, things didn't work out in LA. Come here, ball out. You're going to get your money any way you slice it. So, ball out. See what you can bring to this team. We know it ain't going to be outside shooting. But, he does bring a fire and desire that, you know, can be infectious uh, to this kid McBride. So, you're going to learn under this guy for the next season and a half. And then when we're ready, we'll turn the reins over to you. I think that could have worked. Uh... Call me crazy, but I think that could have worked. But um, that deal fell through because, again, I think uh, the prevailing thought was, you're sending me this guy that's um, that's not working out for you. At least sweeten the pot. Give me some uh, first round pick out of it. And that didn't happen, so no deal. So um, so so that's the way that goes. But the Knicks lawn... Non-movement on on the trade deadline uh, kind of didn't sit well with the fan base. Um, I understand. I get it. But in a way, I kind of understand what management is saying. You can't really have that kind of player movement in and out. I understand the team is kind of meandering right now. It kind of need a kick in the pants. So um, I get that. But a, West, a Westbrook deal could have kind of shifted the pendulum some. But uh, there wasn't really no other deal out there for them to make, to be honest with you. DeJounte Murray's not going anywhere. The Aaron Fox came off the table once Holly Burton was traded. Um, Bronson, you're not going to get. Uh, it's going to cost you big to try and get a Brunson over there. So, um, Malcolm Brockton, you don't want no parts of that because of his injury history is, his injury history is almost as bad as Kyrie's, but, um, yeah, so there, there was no deal out there. So, uh, a lot of people wanted Randall moved. I don't think he can go there either. Um, I understand his, his, you know, being frustrated with his play this year, but, you know. This is where you got to exercise patience. So, um, can they turn around in the second half to Knicks and probably get into the play in spot? It's very possible, especially with all these trades that went, went down in the East. Uh, other than the Boston deal, I don't see any other team that really made kind of a eye popping deal. Atlanta didn't do much either. So, um, Charlotte did get better as far as getting the Harold goes. Um, Brooklyn will probably surge up the charts. Um, Perhaps Toronto falls back to the pack, although I doubt it. Uh, Nick Nurse is just a fine coach. So, um, yeah. Will Cleveland fall back to the pack? I don't think so. Not with the Karis LeVert um, deal. So, yeah, so the the Knicks if they have any shot it's within the play in. They got hope one of those four teams kinda stumbles a bit, so um it's outside shot, but we'll see. All right, guys. And then in terms of the Lakers, you know, they're non movement. Um I you know, it it doesn't play well that he ended up losing to our Portland teams. That's that's depleted, so They're going to have to write the ship over there, but um, they're within the play-in. They could probably get by that and possibly get one of the top two teams. But I don't think they can beat the top two teams, even as uh, they're constructed right now. So, uh, I think the Lakers are where they are. So, anyhow, so... That's enough of that. So, all right. So this was the special trade deadline episode. So I'm still going to come back with the player spotlight. Still working on that for Bill Russell because he has such a rich career. So uh, I'll be working on that shortly. All right, guys. So that's it for me. And I will talk to you guys later. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD.SportsDude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD.SportsDude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD.SportDude. Also, you can email me at thatsportsdudegd at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address and also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude you can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well and again i thank you for listening to this content